Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview some inspiring people from the music industry and look at their journey from their very worst job to present day. They were kind of encouraging me to, to keep going with it, but I think when you know something's wrong, no matter how encouraging people around you are, it just, it just crushes your soul. Today's guest is Rhiannon Herridge, a wonderful singer who had to give up her job traveling the world as an opera soprano on the prestigious Silver Sea World Cruise due to vocal damage. We talk about how to prevent and recover from vocal damage, the effect this had on her confidence, and how a back injury may have caused the vocal problem in the first place, as well as chat about her struggle with perfectionism. We start with the same question every single time. What was your very worst job? I could have been a bit kinder with this, maybe, and just gone with like a bow job or something, which is always bad for, for singers. But I think that actually my worst one was... Um, it's not because the sentiment of the job, so it was singing in care homes, which I think is amazing, really, really amazing. Um, but the job itself had me doing like two to three hour long shows, solo shows a day. And it was like driving between all these different care homes and places I didn't know. And I'm, that really stresses me out anyway, not knowing where I'm going. And there were like chunks of monologue in it. And like my brain works fine learning dialogue, but monologue apparently was not, not my forte. It was a really, really, really stressful job for me, it turned out, even mm-hmm. though like at the end of each show, I was like heart melted kind of, you know, with yeah. all the all the old people. But um, yeah, I I've worked in a care home as well, doing some singing over Christmas. I found it in some places was really nice. And in some places, dependent on like the quality of the care home was mm-hmm. quite sad. Oh, really really sad. So I was like, it was a really kind of diverse emotional journey. Yeah, Yeah. I've I've done some Christmas, more local kind of Christmas care home work Mm. as well. And I found with that with like the carols or like old Welsh songs and things, definitely it's really nostalgic for them. And yeah, Yeah. it it is an emotional experience. And it's interesting on jobs like this because I do think they're like super important Mm -hmm. and really nice for people. And they don't get, like, loads of entertainment all the time in care homes and things like that. But then the companies do make you work for really, really long hours. And then you're trying to give something to people, but you don't have the resources to do that anymore. Yeah, because singing really should be, in an ideal world, kind of, like, coming from you organically. But obviously, you don't have that luxury, really, in the modern day. Not so much, anyway. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of different jobs are quite taxing in that way. Yeah, even like big musicals and stuff. If you're doing eight shows a week and you've got to try and be consistent, but yeah. if you just feel a bit tired one day, yeah, yeah, it's really tricky. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. So, what was your journey into music? Where did you start? I always sang ever since I was tiny, uh, like with my mom in the car or when I was in nursery. Just you know, like in nativity play being merry and just being sent to stage I still got a video of me like shouting like belting it out and you can hear no one else kind of thing even the songs that are not mine so like I, I always loved singing 
I started piano lessons. My mum's idea, not so much mine, because I'm not a natural pianist at all. Like, I love doing the chords, but sight reading and that kind of, I couldn't progress kind of thing. But my piano teacher with the oral tests and stuff was like, oh, you should really get Rihanna into like a choir or something. So I started a girls choir and then the conductor had me doing the solos and things. It kind of like progressed from there. So that was from like age 10. I stayed until I was about 16. And then the conductor was like, you could maybe see if she, if she wants to, she could do conservatoire, carry it on that way. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know that existed before then. And it just sounded like a much nicer thing to study than all the, all the other things that school had offered me. So school were really, really surprised. I'd done a few things in school, but I wasn't like centre stage at all. It's the same in Scotland, but choir is so part of community. Mm. And Wales is renowned for choir and so yeah. many people start from choir. Do you yeah. think that gave you a good grounding? I think it did because it was a kid's choir. It definitely really developed my year, I would say, for music because like the way we learned everything was all oral and kind of like I find all that side of things pretty easy and I think that's probably to do with choir. Interesting because on the books when we didn't have the sheet music and then a lot of mm-hmm. opera people are like I can only learn from sheet music. Yeah. So yeah. for you I guess that's really really helpful. Yeah yeah definitely. I wasn't used to it when we had the classical music just from like auditory learning when I first started on the ships but all the kind of pop stuff it wasn't a problem at all and the harmonies and things so just mm. I was used to it. But yeah, there's there's a massive tradition in Wales with the with the choirs and things like the festivals and the Stethvods and and yeah, there's a lot that really pushes you into the into the music world to explore and yeah, kind of lucky really. I felt the same in Scotland mm-hmm. in that like it wasn't really unusual to yeah. be a singer, but yeah. then also like as you say, people being shocked. Like I, I was similar. I didn't really like stand out amongst singers or anything. And some people who were like the top singers in the school didn't go on to do it and some people who weren't have gone on to sing and it's I guess it's the way it works out it depends how much you like doing it I think actually yeah because it's a lot of commitment and we met when you were working on the ships yes tell me a little bit about ship life definitely there are pros and cons yeah. <laughs> it's amazing in that when you're there you forget how lucky you are to wake up in a different place mm-hmm. every morning and they usually all amazing places as well and you're kind of chasing the sun because obviously the way they choose where the ship goes is like the best peak times as well so it's always you're usually in glorious sunshine and I don't know for me it has challenges in that I think I'm slightly more introverted than a lot of singers tend to be and a big part of the company that I work for is the socializing aspect it's not that I don't like the guests it's not that I'm antisocial I just sometimes struggle to um to do that so so regularly with new people all the time I find it like a little bit overwhelming I Mm -hmm. think that's the part for me that really drains me whereas even though we repeat the shows loads and loads of times I actually don't mind that part of it at all some people find that really difficult I mean it's quite demanding vocally because you're doing so many different styles Mm, yeah that's true so there's the opera show which also has classical crossover but it's still the same kind of technique but then there are like the more jazzy shows or the more pop ones too and it can be difficult to transition between them especially if you've had like the schedule will change every cruise and sometimes you'll have kind of a few kind of poppy shows and then straight afterwards the classical show coming up and you're kind of worried if you've somehow like tightened things or like well it's so different technique in where you place it and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and they always make sure that you've got someone whose forte is on each genre of course Mm -hmm. yeah but then you still have to mold 
towards that genre even if you're not singing like leads all the time yeah definitely yeah because otherwise you kind of feel like you ruined the show you know like if you <laughs> if you're doing like a pop show and you've got like cracking leads going for it riffing and stuff and then you start doing some harmonizing but it's like operatic in the background it's yeah it's, it's not pretty so <laughs> well I have to say that you're very good at molding between styles I think that probably comes from my love of Disney Oh, really? That came before, like, classical love, definitely. So I think that, like, it's kind of poppy in a way. So, yeah, it, so it, yeah, it was... Yeah, it's definitely poppy. Yeah. Sure. You've got the musical theatre sort of style down as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, in my blood kind of thing from, from being so young. And... Yeah. And I feel like musical theatre is quite a good base if you're doing this sort of work because you can go into then different genres. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Instead of being, like, rooted in either opera or pop, you mm-hmm. kind of have that middle ground. yeah. Although, of course, it is sometimes, it's either specialising at something or being versatile. I do kind of think with that, though, it's it's almost like whichever you are, if you're versatile or if you're sticking with one genre, you kind of always want to be the other one, if you know what I mean. You kind of like, grass is always greener type of thing. Yeah, but there's pros and cons to kind of eat. That's probably why, yeah. So you've had a bit of a bad time with your voice recently. Yes. And um, vocal injury. How did that come about for you? Tricky to say where it began, but where it begins for me in my mind is when we were in rehearsals for my last ship together, the two of us, and we both got pretty ill. I think uh, I gave it to you, which I feel really I bad think about. you might have. You uh, may not have. <laughs> it was a pretty bad virus, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Rehearsals is like maybe two or three weeks long process. Mm-hmm. And it was toward the beginning of rehearsals, really. And so I kind of thought by the time I was going aboard the ship that I'd probably be on the mend and then uh, yeah the beginning part of the contract was without the classical show because there was like a chunk of my voice that there was nothing coming out so like it was a no-go completely about a month in we tried to reintroduce the classical show it was just kind of soul destroying experience really because mm. a lot of like non-musical people on the ship were kind of like oh it's fine it's fine I don't know what you're worried about but like I know it wasn't just in my head because I have recordings as well and it was not fine (laughs) kind of thing. But I think that I kind of got away with it with some of the guests, you know. They were kind of encouraging me to to keep going with it. But I think when you know something's wrong, no matter how encouraging people around you are, it just just crushes your soul. (laughs) So uh, Did you find you lost a lot of confidence? Yeah, and it's still like a, a sore topic now. When I think back, I'm like, oh, it was awful. Um, there's nothing worse than going on stage and feeling like you can't do the job for whatever reason yeah and when you've got an illness or something like that it just prevents you from feeling like you're at your best and you've got control over your voice yeah and you feel like you you can't blossom in like other areas as well because you feel like uh with the acting or like really doing like the movement with conviction and stuff you kind of feel like such a fraud because uh, you're, you're not be able to vocalize like you want to and I feel like singing is so part of a singer's identity mm-hmm. yeah it's really like personal your yourself is gone oh. yeah definitely yeah I tried my hardest not to make it a personal thing or to kind of trivialize it a bit more and be like think of what other people are going through it's only your voice like like there are way worse illnesses to have and I don't know, I, I just couldn't talk myself down as much as I tried. It's really, it's a very personal thing, yeah. It really makes sense, I think, that mm-hmm. you would feel like that. And of course, it isn't life-threatening or something like that, but you're threatening your career yeah. and part of your identity that you love and something yeah. that you love to do. So of course, you're going to feel a bit 
yeah. like sad about it or underconfident about it. Yeah. Do you think that singing on it was one of the issues? I think it could have been. So I think people should beware <laughs> when they, when they decide to do that. Like I haven't done damage in terms of nodules and things like that, and I think that's what people mainly are concerned about, which is a worry. But I've had like different muscles come into play that shouldn't really be helping me with my vocalizing now that the virus is out the window they're they're still coming into play and like overcompensating for things and just getting in the way of natural vocalization and I think pushing through singing on an illness that pushing is what causes them then to To um, do that so it's like new habits that you really don't want to be cultivating and it's so hard because there's a lot of pressure when you're ill and you're in a job yeah yeah and so many times as well like on the ship people were like well like don't give your all kind of thing just like do what you can with it and if you need to hold back a bit that's okay we've got a mic here and we can turn you up and that kind of stuff and you're like yeah yeah okay I'm on board with that that's a good idea but once you're on stage and once you have an audience you can't help in a way but give more than you you intend to you feel like really compelled from somewhere to just give everything you can and then on the other side I know you said that you felt like you got away with it from some of non-musical people yeah but then you also have the pressure to maintain standards as well Mm -hmm. yeah and even if it's just your own standards I think that's even tougher is maintaining your own standards than what the ship for example expect because I just couldn't not strive for that well we were going to have a little chat about perfectionism Mm -hmm. that's something that you've struggled with yeah perfectionism can be a good thing but also can be a bit of a curse yeah yeah I actually think that people who don't suffer from perfectionism think that it's like a desirable trait yeah (laughs) I don't think it is Uh, I think I did for a long time actually when I was younger too because like people kind of encourage it so much but I I found that it's a bit of a pain for me actually just like being too critical with yourself I was telling you before about the the year defenders for me I don't know if other people use these but for me they really help when I'm just practicing because I will listen to my own sound and just there'll be like a, a dialogue in my head while I'm singing of like what's wrong with it and stuff and then also I'll try and adjust things you should more be feeling what you're singing rather than listening to what you're singing because what I hear because of all the like bones in the face the way that the sound's conducted what I hear isn't what an audience member would hear anyway so like it's such a bad tactic but I almost can't help myself so so like to wear something like your defenders is really good for me so I can try and focus on feeling what I'm doing instead because to me I feel like I need to hear myself to Mm -hmm. be able to sing yeah. But then I, I guess everyone's different with that. Would mm. you like record yourself and listen after? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and like try out different things as well. Like say like the first time sounded better to me personally, but it's it felt freer the second time and then listen back and be like, oh, the second time sounded better. Uh, definitely like as a classical singer as well, you can fall into the trap of wanting to sound as big as possible. And you can like maneuver certain things to make that happen. You know, like pulling the tongue root down and different like depressing the larynx on purpose and things without quite knowing that that's what you're doing but you'll 
manage a way to make you sound big to yourself and then you're like all self-indulgent like oh yeah this is sounding great but actually from the outside you're not letting the resonance happen and so you're actually restricting your sound when you think that you're making this big beefy noise so yeah yeah you can fall into traps definitely I think as well you can perceive something as feeling right because you've done it so often like that that it starts to feel right Mm -hmm. even though it's actually quite tense yeah it takes until you find the way that isn't tense to go oh actually definitely I see and it's the same like with support and things as well sometimes you're like yeah I'm definitely supporting and then you're having a session and and find your actual support and you go oh yeah no I wasn't doing that for a while (laughs) kind of thing so yeah Mm. yeah and do you think it's something that you have to revisit a lot like in training do you revisit go back to vocal coaches and things like that yeah I've always been one really to keep in touch with my singing teachers or coaches and things Mm. yeah um I think it's always good to have someone else's opinion and especially obviously an expert's opinion as well I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So let's go back to vocal recovery. Mm -hmm. How did you recover or how have you been? You're still in recovery from Mm -hmm. this. So initially when I, so I came off the ship early. I tried for, I was there for a few months and and then I saw an ENT specialist while I was still on board the ship, but we docked in Ireland. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, that's ear, nose and throat specialist. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he did a scope on me to have a look at the vocal cords and saw that there was nothing nothing on the cords. But he just basically said if I had 48 hours total vocal rest with absolutely no speaking, nothing, which is harder than it sounds, especially on a ship with people around everywhere, that I should be fine. He thought it was just like a fatigue thing. That was like a relief. I kind of had the feeling it wasn't like a nodule thing anyway. And so it was a relief to hear a specialist say that too. Before that, I'd gone to the ship's doctor who'd given me steroids to try and get through the show. And then other people since then have been like, maybe don't do that unless it's like a really acute kind of like one concert or two concerts. And you've just got like this coldy thing that won't go away type situation rather than like performing pretty consistently and have something that's not gone away for a long time. Like using steroids might not be the best 
Did you have any reactions to it? To begin with, I did. And I I thought like they were going to solve everything. And then kind of after a week, I was like, I don't think this is good for me. So, So nothing particularly bad happened, but I think my own intuition yeah kicked in and luckily was it going in the right direction because a lot of people afterwards were like yeah I've heard horror stories yeah yeah yeah. I ended up coming home then from the ship because the 48 hours didn't work at all and then my plan was kind of to lay low until this was like summertime till after Christmas to like not worry about jobs or what's going to happen or anything it weirdly it was every time I was vocalizing it it was like a tiny tiny bit better but it, it just it was moving so slowly and then I'd applied to help musicians UK who are amazing sometimes during that period and then they'd given me a grant that's when I went to see Dane Chalfin I hope I'm saying his name right mm-hmm. <laughs> um he's a vocal rehab coach in London I'm still seeing him now I'm seeing him in two days time too it's been invaluable like I don't know what I would have done without help musicians because I wouldn't have even known who Dane was let alone with the funding and things like they've been amazing I've also seen osteopaths with their funding as well so initially it was to check for like tense in general here it's kind of like a f- similar to physio ed but less intense version yeah. kind of so, thing like more um around the larynx and neck area yeah yeah and that's when I kind of discovered that all my lymph nodes in this area were still chock-a-block full from the virus which by that point was like almost a year ago they kind of tried to manipulate to to free my <laughs> lymph nodes so that all the gunk from the virus could leave so yeah. I think that actually was instrumental in like taking everything quite a big step forward I think that was holding me back quite a lot and I did have I did generally puffy face but this side like way more you know your face so well and most people didn't quite know what it was but like I'd say to my mum be like look at my face look at my face (laughs) kind of you know and they were like I looked like a different person on each side because it was such a big swelling this side but that went then when when I saw that osteopath the first time. And you were telling me earlier, this was from actually an injury in your back. Yeah, sorry, you so, didn't mention that, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's amazing how connected everything is. An injury in your back then is connected to your singing. Yeah, the first session we didn't realise that that's what it was. And we were just like, oh, why is this so, okay, let's, let's sort this out type of thing. And then just through talking things through and manipulating different things, I think it was after the second session, my back is like always sort of painful, but it like really really had a flare up in like a specific spot Mm -hmm. so I was talking about it then when I went back turns out that it's from an injury I fainted like eight years ago from labyrinthitis and it was onto like a kitchen island like a point of a kitchen island but it's actually really lucky because it was also a marble floor so if I'd gone straight down it probably would have been way worse my back went into the corner of the kitchen island on the way down I was out at the time and there were loads of other injuries too so I never paid that much attention to it basically it was worse than what I knew at the time and it had caused like loads of my muscles in my torso to seize up right a lot of them stayed that way for years and years because it never got addressed and so this posture I wasn't I wasn't aware of my posture being like this and no one ever mentioned it so I don't think it was anything drastic I think it was like a slight yeah I never noticed that you had any sort of weird posture yeah and even seeing like videos back and stuff I I never was like oh why am I standing kind of so I think it was just 
tense thing. But I'm still working now on like getting my sternum to be in the right place because it's too depressed and like there's a point on it that always feels really bruised because of the link to the back and things. Wow. Yeah. Once they'd sorted out your lymph nodes, did you find that you got ill after that or did it just drain and it was fine? No, weirdly, been feeling generally ill the whole time anyway. But no, there was no like big peak in kind of yeah luckily it didn't have a big nasty reaction when it all got and you're feeling much better now yes good yeah 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 loads loads yeah good and um actually for anyone listening like when I had it even though I didn't have all this going on it still stayed around for like three months for me Mm -hmm. took me a long time to get my voice completely back so it was real nasty yeah it just shows how important it is to look after your voice Mm -hmm. and to follow your intuition with it as well because I feel like you knew that it wasn't okay yeah and weirdly yeah when people were saying oh it's like overtired or overworked and things and I was like no I know I know what that feels like this is not this is not that do you have any advice for people who might think that they have something going on I would advise just going to see someone for the peace of mind even though if you don't get support from something like help musicians and you're out of pocket for it it's so so worth it even if it's just that one session, you can get so many questions answered from it. Like, I feel like I left it so long before going to see somebody. But if you can see someone who can, like, stop you being so upset for all those months and months kind of thing, the sooner you can get some answers, the better. Yeah, of course. And what about if you are in a job? Like, mm. you are, like you're in a really, really tricky situation. Yeah, it's hard. You kind of second guess yourself as well. Like, am I being a drama queen? Because, like, coming home from a ship is actually quite a big deal. You're like, breaking your contract and all these and they got to find someone to replace you and you feel like you have to be really sure that you need to go home and so I don't know it's not a decision that I would take lightly even but you have to you have to have your own health as your priority like your vocal health it's hard because you can't just be like any little like oh no I'm not feeling great I'm not I'm not doing yeah. it like because don't a be a diva about it as well yeah as yeah well I like singers do have that reputation of being like but I do feel like People have that for a reason and you get you can get a little bit sick if you were like working in an office. Mm. No, yeah. it wouldn't make you a difference. Do your job. Yeah. 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 But you could have the smallest illness as a singer and it's gonna really affect your voice. You're putting yourself out there in front of an audience every single night. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel up to your best. You mentioned intuition, maybe kinda use your intuition to, to kind of gauge how serious it is. And if you're in a contract like something like a ship and you're a little bit ill but you feel like you can get through it and it's just like a short period of time type thing then maybe give it a try if it's a little bit longer try and get people to cover you but you know if it's just like a a week or two kind of you can ask favors in from different cast members but if it's something that's going on any longer than that then yeah look after yourself Mm -hmm. for sure and I think your health is important and then also you don't want to give yourself something much worse that could long term put your career in jeopardy yeah I also wanted to talk about wanting to change careers and when is that a good idea and when it's not (laughs) and you went through a phase of being like nah yeah a few years ago I decided that I wanted to stop my singing like I I don't know I I can't even remember the exact motivation for it but I know like when I was in school I was kind of being prepped to go into medicine obviously I'd chosen the singing path instead and I just had kind of a a year or two where I wondered if I'd made the right choice and so I took all the exams and things for heading in the other direction you knew me at the time as well and I was quite like 
focused on that and, and quite sure that, that, that I should be going in that direction. It was good that I pursued it, but I've definitely come to realize that singing was the right choice. And maybe maybe if that's all that came out of it was that I'm definitely sure that singing is the right choice, then, then it's kind of worth it. Yeah, definitely had a little blip. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's easy to do that as a singer because mm. it's not a stable career and it's often not what people expect from you. Yeah, especially being away on the ship and things is, is anything but normal. So you can kind of come home and see what all your friends are up to and see people like settling down and things. And you think, oh my gosh, I'm so behind in this like life thing. And it can make you reassess things. It's just such a different life mm. than anyone else's type of life. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say normal because everyone has their own what's normal. But yeah. being on a ship, I don't feel like you can have the same things like relationships that you would have with mm. friends, family, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. It's just not. It, lucky like these days is Skype and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's not the same. Um, it's weird because when you're on the ship... It's kind of like being in Narnia or something because you feel like a six-month contract is a lifetime because so much happens. It's like so compact. And then you come home and you realize what six months actually is at home. It's like hardly any time at all, really. Like the last six months have gone so fast for me being back in Wales. You come home and you feel like you've missed so much and like I've got a little nephew and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've missed like all these milestones and things. But actually six months isn't isn't as long as it seems when you're on board what is your favorite place that you've visited i think the philippines is like paradise is like what i would imagine paradise to be not so much like the cities kind of manila and stuff but when you when you stop at different islands it's just amazing i'm not even the biggest kind of beach and swimmer type person but like the swimming there it's like it, it's just all stunning like the water's warm and you can see through it all and it just I don't know the scenery is amazing and the people are amazing too what are you up to now I actually am doing a semi-professional production of West Side Story locally yeah yeah I'm playing Rosalia in it Mm -hmm. tippy-toeing back into performing type of thing Uh, so I get to sing America with Anita but it's quite low pressure more acty kind of thing I'm just being as sensible as I can and just keeping up with all the exercises and things with the vocal rehab and just yeah and you're like almost mended yeah so yeah yeah it won't be too long now yeah it's so true it's just kind of like some days it's all good and then some days I forget that it's been all good and everything's doom and gloom (laughs) because it's like a little hiccup but yeah yeah well that's to be expected yeah 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 well, thank you. That's it. <laughs> thank you. Yay. Yay. Good job. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.